You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. One of the things I've learned about peacekeeping is it's really easy until you have to do it, right? Peacemaking, it's easy until you're in the thick of a conflict, then all of a sudden, as emotions are flaring up and things are being said and emotions are getting raw, all of a sudden, peacekeeping becomes much more difficult. And so as we kind of continue to look in our subject of uh, peacekeeping, again, recognizing, as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. And so one of the ways that we can experience and certainly operate in the blessings of God is when we are pursuing peacemaking. And again, it's one of the ways that we can be identified as children of God. So as we start this off this morning, I'd like to just encourage you with a verse from 1 John 4, 7. And here's what he says. Dear friends, let us love one another, or in the Greek, let us agape one another, for love for agape comes from God. Now, if I had to give this series a bullseye, I would say the bullseye of this whole series um, regarding peacemaking is about extending and showing love, God's love to others. We wouldn't even be concerned about peacemaking if our goal wasn't ultimately to enable us to show the love of God towards others. We'd just write them off, right? So learning how to love other people the way God loves and be at peace with others is really kind of the goal of this series. And the kind of love that we're gonna need to be able to show towards uh, those around us must come from God. Because anything less than the love of God towards other people, we're just totally uh, inadequate, we're inconsistent, and we're kind of broken. Now, most of us admit that loving others who love us, um, you know, it's easy. Being at peace with people who are at peace with us, that that doesn't really require much effort. To be nice to people who are nice to us, if that's all we were talking about here this morning, uh, those kinds of relationships, uh, a message on peacekeeping would kind of be really uh, a waste of time. If those were the only kinds of people in our lives, in our workplaces, maybe in our neighborhoods, our families, our church, then a sermon on this would just not even be helpful, right? But the reality is, for every one of us in this room, our lives are filled with difficult people, whether that's in our workplace, our neighborhood, our families, and yes, even at times within the church. Because it just seems everywhere you go these days, the world or our environment just seems to be filled with difficult people. 
And because of that, it's really important for us as believers, if we really want to be the children of God we're called to be, we need to learn how to deal with difficult people um, so that we can be at peace around them. Now, since we're talking about difficult people, uh, let me make the following distinction. I'm not talking about irritating people, okay? All of us have been, uh, I don't know why my watch does that every Sunday. I can be at home and do this all week, and Sunday mornings this dumb thing goes off. So this isn't a difficult person, it's a difficult object that I don't know how to be at peace with, right? I'm not talking about irritating people, right? All of us have people in our lives that we get irritated with from time to time. Coworkers, neighbors, friends, family members, crazy drivers, telephone solicitors, I mean, you know, uh, store clerks, building contractors. Every one of us encounters on a daily basis people who irritate us. They're people that just for whatever reason just get on our nerves. Now, if the goal is just to avoid irritating people, then you would most likely have to kind of live on a remote island somewhere because every one of us are going to encounter irritating people from time to time. What I'm talking about when I talk about difficult people is I'm talking about people we would kind of call toxic people. Now, toxic people are totally different from irritating people, okay? Toxic people are when two people kind of get stuck in a way of relating to one another that is poisoning and hurtful to both of them. Okay, toxic is when two people continue to hurt each other. They're really not there to help one another, uh, and there really is no hope given from one to the other. Toxic relationships are those kinds of relationships that are very destructive to another person's health, to another's spirituality, to another's soul. That's what it means to have toxic relationships, and that's what we're talking about. Now, before we begin to kind of talk about God's solutions to this, because believe it or not, God does have some solutions here. Let me give you a few facts about toxic people, whether they're co-workers, whether they're neighbors, family members, or maybe even people that you attend church with. Fact number one is every one of us has toxic people or family members in our lives. Every one of us here this morning, even as a matter of fact, when I'm talking about irritating toxic people, many of you, probably all of you, have had at least one or several people come to mind as I bring that topic up, right? Some, you may be sitting next to some of them this morning, okay? All of us have toxic people and family members in our lives. So I want you to know you're not alone in this. This isn't just about you. This isn't unique to you. This is something all of us experience uh, in our lives. In fact, look at the Bible. I mean, you've got the book of Genesis. I mean, and it's not really too far into the book of Genesis. You have the first brother-on-brother murder. Murder, right? I mean, you got to admit that's pretty toxic. 
And then you get into kind of Abraham, and, and he has a child by uh, Sarah's handmaid, Hagar, and then he later kind of pushes them out into the desert to die. I mean, not only is that toxic, but I mean, that's worse than most soap operas, right? Joseph's 11 brothers, they want to kill him. But then they figured out, hey, we can probably make some money off this guy. And so they sell him into slavery. I mean, that's toxic, 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 right? Lot's two daughters. I mean, they decide to get their father drunk so they can have children by their father. I mean, not only is that toxic, I mean, that's something you would find on a Dr. Phil show, right? You have Jacob trying to trick his blind father out of an inheritance, and you have all of this toxicity within the first book of the Bible. Some of you are sitting there, and you're probably thinking to yourself, did you hear me say all that? Man, my family's not so bad after all. <laughs> Compared to some of those families and people in the Bible, some of you could go home right now just completely relieved and with some hope because you suddenly realize, not only am I not alone, I don't have it that bad. Other people are dealing with the same thing. And the truth is, you see in the first pages of the Bible, all of the things that make for toxic people and toxic relationships, jealousy, envy, entitlement, lying, favoritism, fear, unfair expectations, anger, apathy, selfishness, it's all there. And some of you have experienced that and more. And that's what I mean when I talk about toxic when I talk about toxic relationships, being sinful or imperfect isn't what makes the relationship toxic because we're all sinful, okay? We all make mistakes. Every one of us is imperfect. Now, what makes the relationship toxic is getting stuck. What makes a relationship toxic is when you get stuck, Toxic relationships form when you get stuck in the past. Toxic relationships form when you kind of get stuck in the uh, past or you get stuck in your sin or you get stuck in unforgiveness or you get stuck in bitterness or you get stuck in unhealthy patterns. That's what makes the relationship toxic. And again, every one of us has toxic people and family members. Fact number two is all toxic relationships are not equal, okay? Some people are more toxic than others even though they're both toxic. So some poisonous situations last longer than others and can be much more damaging. In fact, did you know the radioactive element that has the longest shelf life that stays radioactive the longest is uranium-238. They say it has a shelf life of 4.5 billion years. That is a long shelf life. The radioactive element that has the shortest shelf life is radon-222. It has a shelf life of 3.8 days. So what I'm saying is when it comes to toxic relationships, you gotta decide, is this a 3.8 day 
toxic relationship or is this a 4.5 billion year toxic relationship? Because some relationships are more toxic and are more destructive than others. So some toxic relationships can really be comprised of, of maybe one argument, one situation, and you can work through that. You can get breakthrough. Other toxic relationships are comprised of lifetime patterns and habits that must be worked through and dealt with again and again and again. So some relationships are more toxic than others. Fact number three is when it's toxic, you got to act. You got to do something. If you have something in your home and you realize it's poisonous or it's toxic or it's radioactive, most of us here would do something immediately to remove that threat, right? You would want to resolve it as soon as possible. You wouldn't study it on the internet for three months or just, you know, see how radioactive or poisonous it really is. No, you would want to do something about that immediately, as quickly as possible, because when it is toxic or poisonous, you need to act on it. You can't just leave something that's toxic and poisonous alone and just expect it's going to go away on its own. It's going to resolve itself. It won't happen. If it's toxic, you got to do something about it. So how do we handle toxic people, family members, co-workers? Well, I'm going to give you four keys. They're actually four prayers and you're gonna pray these four prayers because I believe this is the best place to start. Now, why prayer? Okay, well, because the strength, the ability, the wisdom, the patience that you're gonna need to live this out must, and I stress, must come from God if we're gonna be successful. Now this is interesting because the methods for dealing with toxic people and family members are really fairly simple. However, the ability, again, like you saw in that situation uh, in the video, uh, again, you can have the steps uh, to walk through conflict in healthy ways. It's the ability to do it when you're in the situation that counts. And the ability to, to apply and live out these prayers, these methods can be, uh, uh, again, uh, extremely difficult because the truth of the matter is the people that are closest to you oftentimes have emotional hooks in you. And by that, what I mean is they know how to push your buttons, okay? They, they know how to get you fired up. They, they know what to say or do to get a reaction out of you um, that they're looking for. And, and so most toxic family members and, and most toxic people, again, they know how to push your buttons. Have you ever had a boss say or do something that, that all he was trying to do was just to, to push your buttons? He's just trying to get a reaction out of you. And once those buttons are pushed... Our methods, again, they just typically go out the window and we just get emotionally fired up and it's no longer a conversation. It's a WWF smackdown, right? It's to see who can nuke who the fastest. So again, it can be very complicated in applying what may sound like very simple methods. 
I can tell you if you're dealing with a toxic relationship, you stop, you distance yourself from what's toxic, you refuse to play their toxic games. I can give you those methods, but only God can give you the strength and the ability and the wisdom to actually do it. I also want you to notice these prayers I'm gonna give you all begin the way Jesus taught us to pray, beginning with the word Father. That's how Jesus teaches us to pray. So the number one prayer we need to honestly pray if we're serious about dealing with toxic people and family members is, Father, enable me, empower me to forgive that person. Now, even as I say that, right away, some of you may be thinking that even the suggestion of that sounds toxic to you in and of itself, because you're thinking, forgive that person? Are you crazy? Do you not realize what they did, what they said to me? If you knew what they did, you, you would understand why that's not a possibility for me. I can never accept or be okay with what they did or with what they said to me. Now sometimes the difficulty in forgiving someone is we truly don't understand what it means to forgive and perhaps more importantly, what forgiveness doesn't mean. Forgiveness does not mean accepting or approving of what the person did or said to you. Forgiveness does not mean excusing, it's not justifying their behavior, it's not pardoning them. What they did to you was wrong and it may even be evil. Forgiveness is not denying or turning a blind eye to what the person did to you. So what does it mean to forgive? Forgiveness means to fully recognize, understand, embrace the wrong that was done to you, and then release it. You just let all of that go to God immediately. Forgiveness involves you saying to God, instead of me holding on to this, and trying to make sense of this, and trying to get revenge on my own, I'm going to release this, I'm going to totally put this in your hands, and I am going to trust you to make this right. I'm going to trust you, God, to take this injustice, no matter how great that may be. I'm going to trust you to take this injustice and to bring justice. If you try to hold on to it yourself, it will inevitably entrap you as well. It'll come back to hurt you worse than the person who hurt you. So forgiveness is, it's immediate. You just let it go to God, and you also release your desire for revenge and punishment. Now forgiveness is a a big big issue um, in families because we're so close to each other in families, more so than maybe we are in the workplace, in our neighborhoods. And because of that, because we're closer to people in our families, we hurt each other in little ways and we hurt each other in big ways. Even Jesus' first disciples had to kind of deal with this. In Matthew 18, 21, Peter asked Jesus this question. He said, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Jesus replied, no, 
not seven times, but 70 times seven. I remember as a, as a new Christian reading that and just being blown away by Jesus' response. I mean, I, I'm kind of thinking, you know, Peter offers up a, a, a pretty, I think a pretty gracious number in, in wanting to forgive a person who sinned against him seven times. I'm thinking Peter's pretty generous. I mean, th this is a good guy. Th this is a guy that wants to be in good relationships with people. I mean, imagine how you would feel if you're Peter in that conversation and you offer up that number and Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. I mean, could you imagine how like confused maybe you would, would feel or, or maybe you, know, you would kind of feel uh, discouraged thinking, man, I'm offering up seven and that's not even close to enough to what Jesus asked. And then you're kind of thinking, how in the world am I going to do that? I mean, that's a pretty steep order. Seven's big. Seventy times seven, it just seems, you know, infinite. Why does Jesus say this to Peter? It certainly wasn't to depress him. It's not to discourage him. Why in the world would Jesus say this? Here's what I believe that Jesus was trying to teach Peter, and I think what he's trying to teach you and I when it comes to forgiveness Peter comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, I want to forgive my brother who sins against me. So I'm going to set the, by the, I'm going to set the bar high and I'm going to say seven times. And Jesus counters by saying, no, it's not high enough. Let's set the bar at 70 times seven. I mean, you kind of go from the long jump almost to like a pole vault, Right? Peter comes to Jesus and he says, I want to make it, you know, uh, over the bar, so let's just set it as high as possible. Let's set it at 19 feet. And Jesus says, no, it's not good enough. Let's set the bar at 19 miles. Wow. Why would Jesus say that? See, if you and I set the bar at 19 feet, we'll think that's doable. We'll think, you know, it's 19 feet, it's, it's a lot, but, you know, I think I could do it. I, I think I could do it on my own strength. I could do this in my own energy, in my own ability. And we'll spend the rest of our lives striving to maintain the ability to clear the bar at 19 feet. Our ability to forgive others using our own strength, our own ability. But once Jesus comes along and says, no, no, we're not going to set the forgiveness bar at 19 feet. We're going to set the forgiveness bar at 19 miles. All of a sudden, we realize, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. And Jesus says, exactly. That's what I want you to see. You cannot forgive your enemies on your own strength. You cannot love other people apart from the love of God. You can't do it without me. You need my help. You need to rely on me. You and I can do 19 feet on our own, but 19 miles is gonna require some outside help. 
And that's the point Jesus is making here with Peter. With Jesus' strength, with his ability, with his God's love, we can forgive others, not just seven times, but 70 times seven. Did you know some of the ways we forgive or, or don't forgive or hold back forgiveness can be toxic in and of itself? It's true. There are a couple of scriptures about forgiveness that show us how to forgive that a lot of people, they either miss or they misapply. And if you don't understand biblical forgiveness or misapply it, forgiveness, the techniques that we use for forgiveness can become toxic in and of itself. Let me give you an example. Suppose you have a friend or a family member that's been spreading some ugly, untrue gossip about you to other people or family members, maybe coworkers in your workplace. Now, I, I know this is totally hypothetical and this never really happens in real families or real workplaces, so I'm just gonna try to get you to engage your imagination on this one, right? Because this, this just doesn't happen. But just suppose that happened and you find out about it. It comes back to you. You kind of hear what's being said. How should you biblically deal with that situation? Should you forgive them immediately? Should you wait until they come and, and confess and ask for forgiveness? Again, if you choose to forgive them immediately, I mean, should you tell them? Should you send them a note, shoot them an email, call them on the phone and say, you know what, I heard what you did, I heard what you said, I heard what happened, and I have forgiven you. I mean, so how do we handle those situations biblically? Ephesians 4.32 says this, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, I take that to mean that, that forgiveness there is immediate. It is immediate, it is complete, and it is total forgiveness. We forgive others in the same way God has forgiven us immediately and totally. However, Luke chapter 17, three through four says this, if you see your friend going wrong, correct him. If he responds, forgive him. Even if it's personal against you and repeated seven times through the day and seven times he says, I'm sorry, I won't do it again, forgive him. So what is that verse saying you don't forgive him until he asks to be forgiven? No. Here's what these verses are saying. When somebody has wronged you, you need to forgive them immediately, totally, completely. You just give that person and that situation and you just completely put it in God's hands immediately and totally. That's what the verse from Ephesians is saying. Immediately in your vertical relationship to God, you say, Father, I forgive that person. I immediately release them into your hands and I am trusting you to make it right. You let it go to God. So when are you going to tell them you have forgiven them? The verse in Luke tells you. You tell them when they and if they come to you and say, I know what I did, I know what I said, I was wrong, will you forgive me? That's when you tell them. 
See, if you follow both what Ephesians and Luke is telling us, you forgive them immediately and totally before God, you release them into his hands, and you let them and that whole situation go. Then, when and if they come to you, you're going to be able to forgive them because you've already dealt with it. You've, you've already released them. You've already let that go. You've put that into God's hands, and you're trusting him to do right with that. You're trusting him to bring justice to that injustice. But if you will not forgive people until they ask for it, and I, I run into this all the time. People are waiting for someone to come and to ask them for forgiveness before they'll forgive them. That is an example of how forgiveness can be toxic in and of itself. Does that make sense? So you release them to God, you have completely, totally forgiven them, and then when they come and ask you for that, you, you, can, you can say, ah, I, already, I already dealt with that. I, I, I forgave you, you know, back when this all happened. I let it go to God immediately. Of course I can forgive you. I've been walking in forgiveness for, for ever since the situation happened. And what if they don't ask for you to forgive them? It's really not a big deal. It shouldn't be a big deal to you. You've already dealt with it. Them coming and asking you to forgive them, that's just icing on the cake. And let me just say this because I know what some of you are thinking. You keep forgiving, but you don't have to keep trusting. Okay? You keep forgiving, but you don't have to keep trusting. You don't have to keep engaging these toxic people or family members in the same way. Trust must be earned. Healthy relationships must be built. And, and it takes time. It takes time to build trust. It takes time. It takes good interactions to be able to build trust and to build healthy relationships. Whereas the Bible says forgiveness must and should be immediately and totally, completely given again and again and again and again. So again, for some of us this morning, this can be kind of freeing. Maybe, again, as I talked this morning, and in, in that maybe some of you have yoked yourself to, to unforgiveness. Maybe unforgiveness toward a family member, a co-worker, but you've yoked yourself in, an, in unforgiveness, maybe in bitterness, in anger uh, with that individual. And all you need to do is just begin to start with this first prayer. Father, Enable me, empower me to forgive that person because you cannot, you will not be able to do that in your own strength, your own ability, your own power. Okay, again, it's the difference between 19 feet and 19 miles. So I want to start here this morning, and I'm going to give you uh, the other three prayers in, in the, uh, uh, next time. But I want to begin here because this is the most important place uh, to begin. So I'm just going to ask you just to uh, close your eyes. We're just going to come before God this morning. And Father, we just again thank you for your word. We thank you for the promises. 
that you give to us, Lord. That God, you never leave us, you never forsake us, no matter what we're going through. No matter how difficult life gets, no matter how difficult relationships get, you're always there. And God, you always have the solution. You always have the answer. And so, Father, this morning, I just pray as we kind of begin to look at these prayers that maybe there's some of us in here this morning and we've got some very difficult, toxic relationships, whether it's in our homes, in our workplaces, in our church, that, God, we just have got some toxic relationships that we're dealing with. And maybe up to this point, God, we're trying to do it in our own strength, our own wisdom, our own abilities. And God, we've kind of set that bar at 19 feet. And we're trying to do this on our own and not having much success. So Father, if there are people that we are holding in a place of unforgiveness, and it may be because we're waiting for them to come and to ask for forgiveness, to acknowledge what they've done, that God, you would help us to see that that's even toxic in and of itself. And that God, you offer us freedom from that burden. You offer us freedom from that yoke this morning. And that is as God, as we take that person or persons, we take those situations and those circumstances, and God, we just release them to you this morning, immediately, completely, and totally. And God, we trust that by giving them to you, you will deal rightly. You will deal justly with this person, with these circumstances, these situations, that God, you will do it in a perfect way. And so, Father, this morning, all we are doing is letting go. All we're doing is placing that person, those persons, that situation in your hands. And we're asking God for you to bring justice. That we let go of our need to get even, of revenge. Father, we just completely let go of all of that. And we walk and we yoke ourselves with your peace, we yoke ourselves with your love. And Father, we start here this morning. And we just thank you, again, for those very, very simple three words, come to me. We thank you, Father, that that is open to all of us here this morning especially those of us who are struggling with relationships that have been difficult and toxic. Lord, we just ask again for your wisdom, your strength, your power, and your ability to walk in complete, total freeness, freedom. We just thank you again for the example that you have given to us in your exchange with Peter. Again, Father, we thank you that no matter how difficult, no matter how high that bar goes, that with you, nothing is impossible. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. 
For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.